Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Welcome, everybody, and thank you so very much for tuning in to episode two of our new Queen Divas podcast. Myself and Steph are so, so, so appreciative of all the warm wishes and overwhelming messages of support that we received last week and even up to today. Like, it's been incredible, Steph. I'm so stoked. The buzz is going crazy. Honestly, I'm so hyped. Everyone's giving me such good feedback. I've got so many tags, so many messages. I'm like getting so much good, good intel of things that we should have on the podcast. So I'm excited to share a lot of the things that people want us to talk about. So, yeah. 100%. And I mean, I just said a Steph leading into this. I didn't even get the memo. Neither of us did. We tuned in, looked at each other, went, wow. Last week it was all black. This week we're in similar sort of sagey style outfits we synchronize so well Ali. this is sisters from other misters from complete polar opposite sides of the planet and we still vibe like bosses yo (laughs) oh man seriously though like ali i miss you i I keep saying that but i'm like i see you right now and i just want to reach you (laughs) but i really love actually one of the biggest pieces of uh commentary that i was getting and i love hearing this is everyone just sort of you know loving the fact that they can tell we really are genuinely friends. And for me, that's that's the warm fuzzies that I wanted out of this because I get to do something really fun with someone I view like a sister and I couldn't think of a better way to spend every Friday of my week. I don't know about you. Thursday night for me, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, look, because, uh, because we really do love bringing, you know, our randomness and our banter and our friendship and then also just our wellness lifestyle to all of you, what we thought we would kick off every single episode with is a new little ritual where we'd share a little bit about either what was our funnest, funnest or most craziest or maybe our worst part of the week that was, uh, what it is we're grateful for for the week that has passed and what it is we're going to be focusing on in the week ahead. So yeah. Steph, tell me about your week, babes. What was your thing? You know what? It's been a really crazy week just because it's been jam-packed. I think you can relate, right? It's just been busy, busy with a lot of clients, a lot of launches. Um, But I'm so blessed and grateful to have so many new relationships, uh, a lot of things to look forward for the year. I think it's just more game planning, a lot of goal setting, right? With individual Mm -hmm. clients. Um, So that's what's been the majority of my week. But you know what? My gym was finally, you know, kind of finalized. I was able, not 100%, but I did remodeling. In the gym, um, you know, the garage gym, ever since COVID happened, we started, you know, training from the garage, getting what we could, and finally feel like it's a gym. Like, I got the flooring, I've painted the walls, you know, it's finally at the state where I feel like I get in there, and I'm like, man, I could sell a membership in here. (laughs) (laughs) You had it here first, people, on the Queen (laughs) Queen's Memberships like goodies being thrown at staff in Texas, y'all. Swing them, yo. I used to actually, quick, quick fact. I used to actually, you know, manage a health club and I used to yes, you did. something, uh, you know, I did back in the day. I used to sell memberships, used to sell training. I mean, that was kind of <laughs> my thing. But no, anyway, like Sorry. that was my main achievement of the week. I feel like I can train awesome. in a good environment. So woohoo, I feel good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So 
your goal for this week is not actually selling memberships to the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. you know, what? my goal for the week is actually more, more mobility. Um, I'm yeah. starting to feel a lot of the lack of mobility work that I'm doing. Uh, what, you know, when it comes from foam rolling, just corrective work. So I do feel that is starting to creep up. I'm feeling really tight. So my goal is to make sure that I get my ass underneath Ooh. the freaking foam roller. Okay. I love it. I love that it. It's the one thing that most yeah. people forget. So, you know, having that actually is, okay, it's a goal, it's up there, and it's something I'm focused on. That's how you tick the boxes, right? Uh, okay, my week. What about you, babe? What about you? I mean, what what's your what was your week like and how oh, are you approaching? Oh, okay, so <laughs> for everyone that's not in my team that doesn't know, I'll share this. This is a bit of a fun fact. Um, in 2020, I got into acting. So I actually oh, really? did... I actually did study speech and drama and creative arts in, in high school, but I didn't pursue it because there was no money in acting, right? Same I'm thing quite as jealous right now. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't shared it yet and I really wasn't able to discuss it. And there's still a few things I can't discuss, but I've been an extra and a feature in a couple of Netflix productions yeah, in the last okay. part of last year. So what I'm actually doing at the moment is I'm doing intensive um, acting credit development. So I'm basically working with NIDA, which a lot of people listening to this will know is like the major thing that, you know, I don't know, Margot, Heath Ledger, all the guys in Australia. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing an intensive workshop with them, but I've been online with the New York Film Academy uh, this week. Wow, congratulations. That's Thank amazing. You. New York. Okay. So awesome. that's kind of new and different, but it meant that I've had to restructure and reschedule my week, right? The, the thing that just was the icing on the cake, though, is my mother actually came out of her hip surgery, which has been for the better. So my gratitude this week goes to the modern mechanics of medicine and the fact that they yeah. just continue to improve everything that they do. My mum was capable of going in at her age with a completely debilitating hip issue and have this brand new fandangle anterior process done. And she's walking within, not without crutches still. And I'm still, you know, helping her shower and dress and everything for the first few weeks. But she's walking. Like she couldn't even take That's a single amazing. step with this one side of her body for the whole of lockdown. She's been immobile, hating life. Like, you know, just going from being 100 miles an hour lady to snail pace barely every mom an hour, right i think everyone so, can relate to that <laughs> so she's coming out and I'm, I'm trying to manage that and then this new schedule and my online workload but the crazy thing that happened to me which took me out of my lectures for an entire four or five hour period on tuesday someone tried to hack my identity and steal it so i was dealing with hackers are on a roll right now what like everywhere that's like crazy. scary stuff. Like I got this phone call and they actually had profiled enough of my profile that I ended up spending nearly my whole Tuesday on the phone with the ATO lawyers and the MyGov because they legitimately had all my jams. So they had intercepted mail of mine and gotten financial data and then created this whole profile that they could actually go do shit with. Like they can take out loans That's and great. businesses and all sorts of crazy shit on your behalf and then you're left with the debt, right? So that was my Tuesday. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so that's stressful. That's what's stressful. been going on this week. And my, I think my focus for next week and moving forward, really, which you kind of probably would have gathered throughout all this, is to continue to care for mum for as long as is needed, um, but also rebalance my schedule, which we talked about this literally last week that I just created this balance with boundaries and I didn't do much nighttime stuff but now it's kind of readjusted the time frames on a few things because i've had to just to fit in my okay. study right but you know what i don't care it's fun i'm loving it it's a passion zone i'm doing some really fun and exciting stuff in that space so hey it's all taking it in my strides 
Hey, it's week by week. Honestly, every exactly. week doesn't look the same. I think what you just mentioned, like comparable to last week, shows that each week just changes and you have to adapt to every your, your take home. Your take home from last week was flexibility and adaptability from 2020 should be brought to 2021. We're prime examples of this shit. Look at it. <laughs> hey, but we're going into breaking those bad habits that we're gonna yeah. bring goals this year so i i'm i'm actually really excited to talk about some of these things because you know everyone's hopping on to either uh, a crash diet right now or into some kind of unrealistic goal that really cringes at me when they say they're going to you know try to lose 30 pounds within the first month like what are you doing like what are you i'm sorry i know it's doable it's i've seen it within some of my clients too that are you know have that type of weight loss um needed to you know obviously happen but no that's unrealistic gosh ellie like what are some of your you know more typical, I guess, bad habit diets that you've seen kind of going around, coasting around in the oh, internet clients come with. Oh my God, babe. Like you name it, I've seen it. And then probably some funny shit that I haven't quite come across that I've like looked at in the last few days because I knew we were going to be discussing this. And there are some, some hilarious ones that I want to share. But I'd probably say the most outlandish one that an actual physical client has come to me with was the HCG diet. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm telling you, I can't even say this, okay? Like, I'm going to bastardize the hell out of this, but it's the human chorionic gonad gonad dotropin or something. It is the biggest, stupidest, longest, long-winded bloody thing to pronounce. But basically, essentially, everyone listening to this, it's some sort of freaking, you know, hormone, whatever it is that that they're injecting into their body. You can't train at all because you effectively then only eat 500 calories. What? I've had clients that come to me that have fit on this diet, Ellie. And I'm like, wait, okay. So they're asking for a program that requires them not to work out. They're like, so I want a program that requires me not to train. And I'm like, ah, no, not (laughs) not here. (laughs) Maximum, maximum 500 calories for the whole day, mind you. And literally, I'm going to lose two pounds a day. Well, okay, love, thanks. You probably will, but it's going to be all of your glycogen stores out of your body, which, you know, anyone listen to this, it's sort of three to 600 grams in your muscle, 80 to 100 grams in your liver. That's gone first. Then it's all the water associated with that because obviously glycogen stores water. So you're kind of losing water and glycogen first. Then you might start breaking down your muscle, you know? Maybe a little bit. And you know, like I look at that and the immediate thing I think is 500 calories far out. That's my breakfast. Look, that kind of chronic. (laughs) It's so true. For for each meal, that's so true, especially when you build up your metabolic rate and you're able to eat, you know, 500 calorie meals. Because when somebody's starting off, like that looks like, you know, half almost their consumption sometimes, right? Like, so if you are trying to do a fat loss, uh, clearly you're going to be in a budgeted calorie range, but something that drastic is going to put you in a chronic dieting really to have a metabolism that's set up for cat- catastrophe honestly oh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not what you want to do guys cutting out food groups is the number one thing that i cringe at like i i absolutely hate when people say i am on a no carb diet or on a low like no no fat diet um <laughs> what is that oh my god that's called a no fun diet like and i yeah. hate my life diet <laughs> Yeah. And it's not about being so restrictive and about, you know, cutting out all your carbs and cutting out technically all your fats or, or if you are on a keto diet, like I I understand where the keto diet uh, takes a, you know, a good place, 
but only if you do have sensitivities to you know gluten if you don't there's no reason why you have to stick to that protocol i think uh, we've talked about this before ali like you put through you know some clients through um the keto phase but that's to then relearn and reincorporate the carbohydrates not just to keep them there unless they have that type of uh, need so i mean that's one of the things that i find really uh, just just cringes at me like keto is the only way or paleo is the only way or well, no carb <laughs> I think what I find too, and, and anyone that follows me would have seen, I did a post on this just recently where I'm like, you know, I'm never one to go, this is how you should eat. There's a specific diet. There's only one way. Like I'm more about education on whole food, balanced diets, 80, 20 approaches, levels of flexibility, understanding the nutritional currency of a food. So that then you know how to pull your plate together to maximize, you know, health and well-being. But then also maybe if you've got an aesthetic or a performance-based goal, right? So I always think the all or nothing approaches, the balls to the wall, I'm going to cut this out, cut that out, jab myself with something and then just not, <laughs> not eat anything more than 500 calories for the day. Like, oh my God. You know, I just think that it's crazy. It's ludicrous. And it's definitely not going to set you up for long-term success or sustainability of weight loss, right? You're just going to be on this mad yo-yo roller coaster ride. But for me, I truly think that, again, you can't sort of look at someone's preferences and go, hey, that's shithouse and you shouldn't be doing that. But I mean, however... I would say that if you were doing the Beyonce diet. Have you seen oh, this diet? I know. Yes, oh. I do. Know. And you know what? It was beyond Beyonce, I think. It was used to called like, if, if I'm right, it used to be the lemon cleanse diet prior to Beyonce, like putting her name on the it. Master cleanse. It's called the master, the master cleanse. cleanse. Yes. Master cleanse. There you go. Exactly. But it's like the lemon cleanse, right? It's like all you do is like cayenne pepper and like lemon water or like put lemon in your water. For two weeks, all you do is fresh lemon <laughs> juice with water with maple syrup and cayenne pepper. So yeah, that's it. Like, that's it. That's the one. It's that's basically the one. like sugary napalm in a, in, a, in a glass. And essentially, then mild laxatives are also used. So, hey, Ali, I'm guilty. Look, I was young. I did nothing. I did this shit, okay? Like, I've actually experienced the shits from this, okay? Because you do. You do end up cleansing yourself because that's why it's called the master cleanse. You do go to the bathroom, but look, look guys, it's detoxifying your gut from everything else, but it's really not something sustainable, okay? I knew I, oh after the God. second day, I was going into my third day. I was so young, okay? Like, this was prior to even going into the gym and then, like, knowing what the hell I was doing. I was so young. I was still in high school, okay? I, was, I remember. Oh, my gosh, okay. Yeah, it was that that type of phase. And uh, I remember saying, I was like, I can do it for seven days. I wanted to commit to like just half the time of what <laughs> he said I could do. Third day in, I I couldn't. I could I I remember the second day I almost gave up and I was like, you got this, bitch. You can do this again. Like you can do one more day. And I the next minute on the toilet. Uh-uh. I was shitting my brains out. I was like, come on. This is, <laughs> this is why it's called the master cleanse. Like <laughs> This is why you're actually losing weight. <laughs> it's making it's you shake your brains out. <laughs> oh, I lasted three days. That was it. That, that's all I could do from fasting. Because if you think of it, you're just fasting. Besides the fact that you are having some carbohydrates, you know, you're, you're hydrating through some lemonade. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's about it. You have your maple syrup, which is a little bit for your insulin levels not to crash. Okay. And uh, some water and some lemonade. I mean, some lemon. So oh, all that acid in your gut, I'm telling you, it's, a, it's, a, it's something else. It makes you pee like crazy and shit your brains out. So anyway, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I literally had never heard of this at all until like the last couple of days. I came across this and went WTF, like, wow. <laughs> now you're like, Been around yeah, for yeah, years, Allie. It. It's so funny. <laughs> My my funniest story, which really isn't that funny, it's just the fact that it was again down to not being, you know, fully across, I guess, what was actually going on with my body and also, you know, not having a level of nutritional literacy that I have these days, thank God. But um, I decided and I, I took myself for, you know, not, not ethical focused reasons, but because I genuinely thought I was having these symptoms that I thought red meat was the culprit. So I took myself out of all red meat, went vegan. And I know we've had this conversation before. I was, for anyone that doesn't know, vegan for four years, vegetarian for about one and a half after that. Then I went and I introduced eggs and in time, a little bit of chicken and, and fish. So it was nearly an eight year hiatus, right? And it was only when I met Christos that I started back with me now the irony of all of this was i cut it out because i thought that i was having all these digestive issues and then it was it was it had to be meat it had to be meat, meat related it was damn meat all those time. hormones again i was like you i was super young i was in like i think i was in my last couple of years of high school so anyway idiot cut all this stuff out and then i find out later on when i got diagnosed with actual ulcerative colitis and proper <laughs> and autoimmune disease here people yeah as to why i was having these issues it had nothing to do with meat and then no. when we actually did all of my sensitivity um tests and all of this stuff we found out that actually the some of the things i was eating thinking i was eating for my health were exacerbating exactly clearing you up I'm yep like, yep oh my god like Anyway, so but you know how much of the population actually does that because they think that they're eating clean. They think that they're eating healthy food. I'm eating out of avocado. I'm eating, you know, obviously some oats or whatever it may be you're eating a lot of only because you're eating healthy food doesn't mean that you are healthy and that you're going to lose weight. Your macros, your micronutrients are a very big portion here. It's actually one of my other reasons why I kind of cringe at people that a, don't track, um, because you never are going to understand yeah, what you're right. actually intaking for energy balance. But two yeah. is those that track and get so like compulsively obsessive over what they're tracking, but they're not really even tracking the right nutrients. They're not tracking their micronutrients, mm -hmm. like their water, their fiber. I mean, like all of the things that truly matter, not just empty calories or obviously having a freaking bag of chips and counting that. Making their bed and Jerry's fit. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and that's why I don't, I like, but I don't like that 80, 20 rule, but I mean, I get it for anybody coming from a lifestyle approach. I think it's really important to have that balance, but anybody that's trying to level up or really trying to challenge themselves to, you know, adapt to a different phase, you got to really go hundred percent. I'm sorry. Like you, you've got to try to be as close as possible to 99 uh, and have maybe 1% slip up here and there. Um, but I mean, it's more of that leveling up mentality versus if you're trying to, you know, really build a healthy lifestyle and just make it a lifestyle, 80, 20 is definitely for you. Um, but track your food. Hey, number one tip here is going to be track your food and make sure you know what your carbs, your fats, and obviously your protein intake is. Um, but yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, look, definitely. And I, and I don't think that going for a quick fix and thinking, you know, low carb, high fat, low fat, you know, like no carb. When you're starting to do an approach like that, all you're really doing is creating a delayed 
time frame to when you immediately start binging or overloading again once again because reality is the minute that you restrict something completely or take something out it's going to have a short-term impact usually in the form of either water weight you know glycogen loss or you know maybe just a little bit of an increase in fiber which therefore then decreases total calories for the day so you might have a little bit of body fat loss from that but then the minute that you make a change in that and go back to old habits or baseline you know preferences you're going to regain and not only you're going to regain but you're going to begin this you know massive cycle of guilt shame you know it's this oh my god it's this vicious vicious loophole that a lot of people get it is. That comes from restriction, just like you said. I think it's when you restrict food groups. So make sure you aren't cutting back on everything. Just make sure it's a balanced nutritional, you know, yeah. approach to start. So make sure you just divide that hundred percent by three, honestly, 33% across the board, just to get started. Don't make things complicated and just get started there. Once you're able to get that nutrient intake in, you can then start trying to manipulate maybe 40, 20, 20, or, you know, although I'm sorry, I actually said that backwards, but anyway, 40, 30, 30 30 um but yeah so and you're right you know i think for anyone listening to this if they're they're you know gung-ho and wanting to make substantial change in 2021 i think the first thing to do is gain an understanding about what your natural habits are and how you're currently eating right instead of going and throwing the baby out with the bathwater and going all in straight away why don't you just look at reducing your overall portions of the current food you're eating first exactly then i I think, you know, a good way to look at it after you've effectively done that and started to maybe establish a little bit of portion control or maybe an understanding around how much you are consuming in each meal, right? Maybe then start thinking about, okay, so what's one thing this week that I can make as an alternative? So it might be, you know, you've got a high sugary part to your diet. Well, let's look at an alternative artificial sweetener or let's look at a, a natural, um, you know, sugar component or let's reduce the sugar amount. Um, I think that those little small reduction initially and then a small swap for swap and then a small starting those little you know changes of habits will create the bigger long-term habit being established and then sustainable over time right I think you're just completely trying to overhaul what you're doing and do something Mary Jane down the road's doing just because she all of a sudden looks great so you're all of a sudden becoming a vegan when you don't need to be or whatever it is right it's just crazy don't do it like just Let's just modify your, your jam a little bit each way. Exactly. You just, you nailed it. Like it's about your preferences of what you really do enjoy. Um, obviously we're not talking about ice cream here. I think everybody can enjoy ice cream, but uh, no. About five bottles of Melbeck, hey, Seth? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. Just disclose to everyone. I love wine. All right. That's like. That's it's both totally, our jams. <laughs> that's totally like, uh, I guess my nemesis or not nemesis. It's just one of the areas where I can really enjoy myself and kind of sub out some of those calories out, but uh, not the best, not the best thing to do all the time, especially during prep. Okay. So no, but I, what I was hitting out, Ali, was that the fact that you, you really nailed it there with uh, really trying to not get so obsessive with uh, getting things perfect, right? Getting things perfect. It's not about perfect. It's about just using and cutting back on what you already currently have and just tracking. I think that's really important, like you said, and just trying to make sure you don't do boredom eating, stress eating. I think all these things that we don't notice we do meal timing and meal frequency is going to like 
really set you up for success. So making sure you know when you're going to eat, uh, set yourself up with meal times, know when your breakfast, your lunch, your snack, your pre and post workout meal are. If you don't do a pre and post workout meal, start doing a little bit more manipulating around your training session to utilize more energy from your food and obviously recover better. But that's more of like the consistency in your organizational skills too. And this is where we're talking about before about, you know, not looking at this and trying to think short-term gains and then throw again a tantrum. If you feel like in two weeks, actually for some of you, it's in two days, I'm not skinny. I'm like, what the hell? I'm going to throw my scales out and I'm going to literally blow my fridge up. Like, How many people what? do that though? I mean, honestly, even ourselves, even like, hey, I did a week of a diet and I'm like looking at my stomach like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm saying that I've lost about 50 million millimeters, but it's like that, right? So, so my, my, you know, sort of conversation point with most of, you know, my clients is think about it from the point of view of however long it took you to get to this place of discomfort or unhappiness within yourself times it by about three for how long it's going to take you to get to where you're in love with yourself. Right? Like it really does. That's take so that. true. Really? So true. Does. I mean, it's so much easier to pack it on than it is to actually start to unpack it and take it off. So you've got to think about it from that angle and don't get impatient with yourself. And again, this is why it's really important to get the consistency with a balanced approach, not cutting everything out, but learning what feels good, how to fuel, you know, for sessions and then, you know, maybe how to change it for a rest day, whatever suits you, right? But how to actually get in everything you need across all your macros, as much diversity for your micros to be hit and then essentially prevent yourself from doing the whole, oh, I'm going to throw this whole situation in the bin because in one week I'm not looking how I want to look. The consistency over time is what's going to get you there and get you there faster. But just remember, it's not going to happen overnight like quite literally pretend you are rome and that shit takes ages to build it did not take you to obviously put your body into shit overnight right so why would we expect us to come out of this and make progress and change our whole body and our whole lifestyle overnight so we need to go with it with that perspective just like you said we did this over not just three years probably our whole lifetime our habits what we did from a toddler from a child that's all the things that has set, us, has set us up for what we do now and things that we call traditional, right? Oh, I'm supposed to have a drink on a Friday night because it's Friday night. You know, I'm celebrating. It's like the end of the week. I think that's something that traditionally we're grown up or maybe, you know, our family has tended you know, for us to, you know, make a ritual and you just got to create new rituals. And just like you said, Ali, earlier was subbing, swapping finding things that actually replace maybe those current rituals that are habits for you, like having a sweet after dinner. I think that's also something that everybody seeks is like having a little treat or having something sweet after having their dinner meal or after having food, because we were traditionally able to have a dessert, you know, with the meal. And that's what kind of triggers you to want to have that. So replacing it, you know, having maybe if, carbs allow it, if your macros allow it, some fruit, something natural or something that's able to fit in, uh, or heck, even just tricking your mind and having something different, making a protein brownie, protein pancake, you know, so many different little I love those. I'm all about protein ice cream. <laughs> what, look, I think you hit the nail on the head here with a really big take home point though, which is this. Diets are shit. You don't want to diet. We're not here to eat a diet. We're here to literally fuel our bodies for, you know, wellness, right? So what we should be looking 
looking at instead is if our goal is a certain goal, what is our capacity to achieve that goal? It's by being uh, with a level of compliance adherent to a process to achieve it, right? So instead of, you know, and this is where sometimes for a lot of people having the ability to have that little bit that is allowing for something slightly off or slightly treat based or slightly sweet or whatever it is keeps you on track and keeps you adherent and keeps you compliant to a system which lets you achieve your goal but realistically it's only going to be successful to you if it's something you can actually follow so this is why i keep saying to people stop looking at it as i'm starting a diet instead look at it as i'm starting to improve my day-to-day life i'm starting to make better choices i'm starting to look at what am i eating that's fueling me is it fueling me it's like bad people talk to people is it is it serving me is it bringing me joy is it making me feel shit? if it's making me feel shit, take it out Take them out. Sub it. Exactly. Friend. And it doesn't have to be a jar of Nutella, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, process of elimination, just like mm-hmm. you said, because if you know things don't feel good when you're eating them, you may be able to realize, and hey, don't get in your head either. Bread doesn't make you bloated. So no. stop telling yourself that eating a carb makes you bloated. I hate hearing that. So just follow the series that Jackson and I were doing. And Jackson and I just actually discussed the research that came out around bread and they showed and there was evidence that proved that people that were eating a loaf and a half of bread a day were still losing weight and it's still because it's not like about the calories out were more than in it's not a big science there it's not oh, it's really it's pretty basic but a lot of people are like well no nah, bread bread's gonna make me fat yeah well, i can't eat a tortilla you know how many people tell me you eat tortillas? I'm like, hell yeah, oh, I eat tortillas. God. What are you talking I about? They're the best carb. Must <laughs> be eating 24-7 if I was in your family's household. Because how many tortillas do I eat? Hey, the got a little fat though. I mean, I will say those smells have a little fat. And I came back looking like a fucking tamale. Don't blame me, they taste great. But as long as you are not overdoing it, under training. I could eat all the tomatoes on the planet over the next week or so. Hey, that under training part, a lot of people don't really realize is really more something they have to pick up a bit. They don't realize how underactive they are. I think we had this convo on, you know, on the first episode of how, you know, you should just increase your step activity or just active activity and throughout day-to-day basis. And I think that alone will pick up your metabolic rate when you're lifting weights, if you do, you know, do your muscle split. So if you're someone that's currently not training and you're just trying to clean up your diet, start with that. But if you really want to speed up the process, make sure you at least train three times a week, full body groups. doesn't have to be back to back. Give yourself a few days in between to rest a day in between or a couple days in between, go back in and hit another full body day. Uh, You'll be able to see progress much quicker because you're creating obviously an energy imbalance there. Your energy output is a little higher than your energy intake. So that is going to you're creating room for tamales. <laughs> I love it. You that. <laughs> That's what I think. I, you, and I think people also just, you know what, Allie, when you said about the 80-20 and people do need that room, uh, you do need it to kind of have that sanity of knowing that you're going to have an upcoming meal, but you can't really source yourself around just thinking I'm restricting myself. If you're able to manage having a few things here and there, that's kind of where that 80-20 rule does play in. But again, if you're trying to like really test yourself, 100%. try to go into a prep and, you know, really like, commit 
to a challenge like a show, then you need to not do 80-20 and Look, not do no- anyone, anyone who's actually listening to this on the concept of me talking about 80-20 will know that, and if you don't, like seriously, we need to have words, anyone on my team. You do not do that when you're in a stage prep and we are in the final prep phase and it is in grinding through the stage and it's meticulous, right? So that's it. But all other parts of the year, I think, so you can survive that meticulous level of restriction base that we put ourselves through, which is effectively strategic starvation, people, for a sport. (laughs) But that's what we do. It's not body fat levels, okay, for... So we can achieve that level of conditioning um, that is required to be competitive on that stage. I feel like you need an element of, of the year where you're not like that, right? So this is why personally I found my best results, my happiest life happened when I moved into the space of being very comfortable with, but again, this comes with nutritional literacy, people. You can't just jump straight into this. I also had, and this is a caveat here, no bad relationships with food. So I didn't uh-huh. have ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I don't eat my freaking emotions. I don't stress out and sit in the cupboard or forget to eat people. I don't oh, do any. Yeah. Okay. So for me, having a flexible capacity for, I'd say maybe six months to nine months of it every single year. Same. Is where I find my jam, my flow, my happy place. And I can get in and dial the volume right up dial right in and be restrictive as and meticulous to the gram for that sort of 12 to maybe 16 weeks because I've been able to live my life without having that previously, right? So it's it's like jumping from base camp to the top of Mount Everest. I can do that because I'm, hey, I'm jumping up, I'm getting straight back down, I'm not killing myself. Because myself. you did a proper maintenance phase Correct. though. You knew, your, you knew your body, you knew what goals Correct. you're setting yourself out to do. It's a strategy. Yeah. If you do not have somebody or a coach, you know, in your corner, really strategizing, you know, strategizing what your year is going to look like for comp prep, for your building season, you know, obviously for a maintenance phase, you are not setting yourself up for optimal success. You're going to be running around the bush, right? Beating around the bush and really just feeling like a hamster on a wheel. Because or you're going to be Googling crazy shit like this. Let me read you this one. <laughs> the, <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear it. The macrobiotic diet is being made famous by supernaturally fit superstars like Madonna. <laughs> and the, basically this is what it does. It cuts out wheat, red meat, poultry, egg, dairy, and basically, you know, you should only ever attempt it if you're prepared to hate your fucking life for a solid, I don't know how long. <laughs> Did I just hear it's a, it's, it's a keto slash vegan? Literally, this slash. is what you eat. Key vegetables, and they're all raw. They're all raw. Sea <laughs> <Sweet> vegetables, <laughs> tempeh, tofu. That is it, people. What is that? So you're vegan slash keto. Yeah, like, slash <laughs> <laughs> like ready to ready to be- madonna i mean i like her music but i mean <laughs> she's crazy in other words don't have madonna as a coach people <laughs> just sit to listen to her music um yeah. and then the other one that i thought was like okay right so uma thurman and demi moore actually follow this one uh nothing is heated beyond 115 degrees fahrenheit the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> you turn your oven into another, I don't know, storage unit in your house, maybe throw your shoes, a few clothes in there. You don't need <laughs> extra pantry, whatever you want to do. Pantries are full of raw. Everything's raw. Like, wow. 
Don't okay. ever cook anything. It's essentially their jam, right? Like, is it just this? Do you listen to some of this stuff and you're like, wow. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm like, so you're expecting me to eat my chicken and get salmonella. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they cut it all out, right? So look, my situation with this is, yeah, okay, fine. You're increasing your fiber. You are having, you know, a really quite predominant plant and vegetable-based diet, which, you know, look, there's heaps of good benefits to that. And, I, and I'm all for all of that. But I mean, all you're essentially doing is increasing increasing volume, increasing satiation, increasing yeah. fiber, therefore decreasing overall calories. It's at the detriment, though, of consuming enough protein. So I don't know exactly how Exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. All you're doing is cutting calories. It's all you're doing is cutting calories. Guys, the most important thing in your diet is protein. Like that is actually one of the biggest things that would be my tip is making sure your consumption of protein is at least hit which if yeah. anybody that's listening needs a little guidance on how much protein intake you should be taking you know or intaking better said is at least and then this is minimum range it's the one gram per one pound of body weight so if that is yeah. on the minimum yeah. range minimum. Right? Yeah, that's on the minimum, like literally minimum. So if you're not even in taking that ding, 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 hello, red flag, you are not going to be building muscle. You're not going to be changing your body composition. So if you're in a cal calorie deficit, you may start looking a little skinny fat. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Skinny fat is a thing. You start losing weight, but you still feel skinny and you feel fat. So yeah. you look skinny, but you kind of look fat. So that's usually the body fat. So making sure our protein intake is where it is needs to be. And that's on the minimum range. I, for my own clients and even anybody that I train for myself, um, is going to be more on the two grams yeah, per yeah. Yeah. Uh, body weight. So, um, yeah. It's just easy, and then too, you know, factoring in that as you get a little older, your actual requirements for protein intake increases, you know, so there's, there's other things to be considering in this, but I always think, okay, take home tip and the best thing that you can do to approach this outside of what we just discussed before, which is don't throw your baby out of the bathwater. Just simply have a look at what you're doing. Reduce portion sizes. If you're an over consumer, start maybe tracking things so you get a bit of an idea awareness and you know a general you know i guess overview as to what you are consuming and eating and how you might be going yeah. over that's number one number two would be looking at those little small swaps right and the immediate low-lying fruit so go and pick that in the sense of you, if you know you're having three you know liters of coke cut it back maybe maybe change to diet coke first keep doing exactly. that liters. And then go from the three liters, maybe down slightly less or substitute half of it with water because, you know, God damn it, most people forget water above everything else. And that's Always. the most important thing. It's the forgotten yeah. macronutrient. So don't that's forget exactly that. It's like getting people to our goddamn body. We need it, right? So get that into you. The next thing I would do is this. And, and Steph hit the nail on the head. Protein first. Sort your protein out first. Always think number, the, the two biggest things you should be tracking outside of water intake is your protein yes. and fiber right? So yeah. because we need protein and fiber and water is obvious, it's the first and foremost, um, because of that, you're going to naturally gravitate towards protein on the plate. So if we think mm -hmm. about the construction of our plate, we're going to have protein on the plate, then we're going to have a, a, present, a, a presence of plant or vegetables, because that's where we're going to be getting our fiber from, right? So always think protein, plant, vegetables, and then the fun stuff. So if we're actually consuming enough protein, enough plant and vegetable, what are we consuming? That's going to almost be 80% if you think. So yes. you kind of have that ability to have a little bit of extra stuff that might be the palatability stuff. So a little bit of fats. It might be a little bit of the, the, the fun stuff that makes stuff taste good. 
Do not cut out your fats, people. Stop doing that. Stop cutting out all your fats. It messes up your hormones, messes up your brain. It messes up, honestly, how you act and function. So you really got to make sure, not only just keeping it in, make sure they're good fats. They're not just trans fats. Fat does not make you fat, people. Fat does make you fat. Not moving and eating like an asshole makes you fat. Yeah, or overeating, just overeating. You could overeat a healthy ingredient, anything, healthy fat, healthy carb, doesn't matter. And if you start getting in the notion of there's bad food all the time, don't really think of it that way. Food is energy. Like just know what the nutrient is in that food. If it's bad food, it's not going to have nutrients. It's not necessarily bad. It's just going to have probably more sugar, more carbs, more fat. What's that good going to do to you for your, your carbs, right? Or your, your macros, I'm saying. Um, but if you do start trying to pick things that are higher fiber, obviously have more monosaturated fats, polysaturated fats are going to be better fats for you, better carbs, dietary fibers that are going to be processed and used. So yes, make sure you're looking at the label, not just the macros of carbs and fats. Look at the nutrition label. What is inside of the ingredients? But yeah, guys, make sure you're reading and not just falling for the gluten-free, sugar-free labeling that you're looking at the, you know, Sorry, the store. Cut stuff out automatically because you think it's a you know it's healthy yeah. it and it's healthy it's and it's healthy drop. like i don't care whose skinny jeans fit on who at what point in time of the year based upon what lemonade drink or hcg shit they're jabbing like just yeah. literally think about eating good quality produce and managing the way that you're approaching your plate like seriously it's all you gotta do and it's consistency over time it's not going to happen overnight. You don't want to be you're doing drastic stuff because literally drastic stuff is guaranteed to give you a drastic end result, which is going to be blowing your stuff sideways. It's going to end up gaining everything you lose plus more back. So let's look at, you know, small incremental changes to lifestyle that improve your entire game rather realistic than realistic you know, goals. Yeah. Going on and adding to that is like, make sure you do that with a realistic approach. If you know, you can't go a day without a Coke, like Ali mentioned, switch to diet Coke. You have that fix for carbonation exactly. or that type of caffeine still have that drink. Just make sure you're replacing it and swapping it out for something that is similar, that makes you feel exactly. similar to what exactly. you were, you know, your fix. So it's making sure that you actually replace your current tendencies, right? But with new ones, new habits. And now you're going to start changing your habits to good ones, yeah. bad habits to good ones. So we've covered off quite a fair bit of stuff and had some pretty funny conversations about some of these outlandish things that there are um, out there in the diet land. And I guess, you know, the key take home point is that, you know, anything that promises to be a quick fix or with amazing results that's too good to be true is exactly that too good to be true. And it's rubbish. Try out the window. Don't even bother. Um, good results take time. You must be consistent and patient and be compassionate to yourself on this journey because anything when it comes time to change your nutritional habits, doesn't happen overnight you know change doesn't happen overnight it takes time you're going to have to recreate and relearn ways of being small little baby steps people lead you to being Usain Bolt in time you can't run before you can crawl please take your time and do it consistently over time right um the other thing that we would like to sort of let everyone know is we will at times in the future episodes be bringing on some experts in different fields and we will dive deep into some of these subjects especially when it comes to you know, the best way to optimize 
you know, fueling for performance, the best ways to, you know, look at a specific phase perhaps and a goal physically if we're looking at a stage process, we're looking at, you know, performance-oriented goals, whatever it is. We're going to go really deep in this. Today was quite a, a you know, superficial blue sky type visionary look at it, but we hope you had fun and enjoyed your time with us. Yes. And we we have got a, a couple of really exciting ladies we're going to be bringing on to the podcast in the coming weeks. We're not going to drop too much in the way here because we're working out who comes up first. But we've got some really cool people coming on that I think you're going to thoroughly enjoy. I can't wait. Yeah, you're in for it. I mean, from just the knowledge aspect, guys, we really want to bring in as much knowledge as possible to you, as much as empowerment and insight to our day-to-day lives. This is why we're kind of going through you know, what we experience, what we go through, but we also want to make sure you guys feel that you can do it too. Cause this is something we're very fucking normal. Let me tell you that. Like once you meet Ali and I, we are so easygoing and very down to earth. Like we want you to come up to us and talk to us and, you know, obviously, you know, communicate and let us know how you actually feel because we're, we know we've been there. We did not start where we are. So we want to share our journey. We want to share, you know, what got us to this point, um, our business, our relationships, our competitive side, as well as, you know, our nurturing side. Because I think we both have that. We both are like semi moms to our teams, you know, and I think that that's also why we care and are so passionate for what we do. So I hope you guys are enjoying and, um, you know, give us some feedback, please. I love the tags. I love, you know, being able to see who's listening and tuning in um, and also giving us some topic suggestions just so we get a good idea of what you guys want to hear. Cause we want to give yeah. you guys, um, you know, of course, what you guys want to listen to. Exactly. Exactly. Steph hit it on the head. So people, please make sure that you are giving us a like, that you are rating us on the channels, that you are giving us feedback and sending through, sharing, you know, putting us out there to all your friends, family, people you think they're going to be able to relate to this, connect in and maybe gain some, you know, something from what we have to share. And for everyone else, stay tuned. We will have our very first guest on next week's episode. And we'll to dial in and uh, see you all again soon. All right, guys. Bye, Ali. Love ya. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.